At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. hurtling towards World War III. <clears throat> and who wants it? <clears throat> Why does the administration seem to want World War III? And now the New York Times. I'll explain in 60 seconds. First, realestateagentsitrust.com. When it comes up to sell your home or buy a new home, you want somebody that is the best, somebody who can tell you when you're selling your home, you're gonna to have to make repairs. Some of them are in needed repairs, but also a few repairs here and there can boost the value of your home market. So you need somebody that has a home repair contractor in the Rolodex, in their phone, that doesn't cut corners. A lot of them cut corners, you don't want that. This is just one of the many things that a real estate agent can help you with that is really, really important and only a really competent agent, one that you could trust, can have the right person and the right people involved in the selling of your home. When you trust your agent, you'll trust the people he or she trusts, inspectors, appraisers, home repair contractors, even the photographer makes all the difference. My company is dedicated 100% to pairing you with a real estate agent that you can trust. So whether you're buying, selling, or just have a few questions, We've been helping this audience for over 10 years through billions of dollars in sales. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. The name says it all. Go to realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. I want you to uh, listen to this story from the New York Times and just help me out a bit, will you? Sure, of course. Nestled in a dense forest. The Ukrainian military base appears abandoned and destroyed. Its command center, a burned-out husk, a casualty of a Russian missile barrage early in the war. But that is only what's above ground. Not far away, a secret passageway descends to a subterranean bunker where teams of Ukrainian soldiers track Russian spy satellites and eavesdrops on communications and conversations between Russian commanders. On one screen, a red line followed the route of an explosive drone through as they thread it through the Russian air defenses from a point in central Ukraine to target in the Russian city of Rostov. Now, Stu, mm -hmm. I don't think this is a secret when it's in the New York Times. 
But my first question here is, why would the New York Times be talking about something that's just a few yards away from a military base? It's probably not hard to you know narrow this down from a military base where there's hardened bunkers tracking everything and sending the drones that they're trying to stop. Why would the New York Times put that in there? It seems a good story. It seems like a bad move. If you uh, want yeah. Ukraine yeah. to be victorious in a war, you wouldn't necessarily want to tip your hand to the Russians. Um, you're right. Obviously, they mm-hmm. don't give specifics exactly. But again, this is probably something they could pretty easily narrow down. So, uh, yeah. So why would you do this? So now the next paragraph comes in. The Russian underground, bun- uh, sorry, the underground bunker built to replace the destroyed command center in the months after Russia's invasion is a secret. Ner- it's not secret if I'm reading about it in the news. <laughs> is a secret nerve center of the Ukrainian military. But there's also one more secret that now that we're printing it is no longer a secret. The base is almost fully financed and partially equipped by the CIA. General Cerny Dorsky said 110%. Really? 110%? That's true? It took root a decade ago, coming together in fits and starts under three very different U.S. presidents, pushing forward by key individuals who often took daring risks. It had transformed Ukraine, whose intelligence agencies were long seen as thoroughly compromised by Russia, into one of Washington's most trusted and important intelligence partners against the Kremlin today. The CIA helped train a new generation of Ukrainian spies who operate inside of Russia, across Europe, and in Cuba, and other places where the Russians have a large presence. Well, that's helpful. Mm. Can we reveal the knock list, too? The relationship is so ingrained that the CIA officers remained at a remote location in western Ukraine when the Biden administration evacuated U.S. personnel in the weeks before Russia evaded. Um, During the invasion, the officers relayed critical intelligence, including where Russia was planning strikes and which weapon systems they would use. The Russian head of the Russian, or sorry, the head of the Ukrainian Domestic Intelligence Agency said, Without the CIA, we would have been, there would be no way for us to resist the Russians or to beat them. Oh. Now, Stu, why would the New York Times print this? Uh, um, maybe they're desirous of World War III? I, that could be one. One potential explanation, like you're trying to spark a flame that will result in uh, all of us being lit on fire in a fiery explosion across the entire globe. What would make you to jump to something like that? Well, it seems like if what you're if the basic argument is actually we've been spying on Russia through Ukraine this entire time and these suspicions of Vladimir Putin that the West is using Ukraine for these types of purposes are well, mm. uh, well have a pretty v- viable foundation uh, of truth. 
That seems to be a terrible, terrible thing to be throwing into the New York Times. Now, look, I would assume the Russian military is aware of a lot of these things already. I mean, this is obviously their 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 job and their business. Uh, But I don't think drawing more attention to it is is a good idea. So let me ask you, um, it's implied and pretty much everybody knows that Russia and China are hacking into our systems, that uh, Russia has hacked into our power grid, et cetera, et cetera. But what does Putin say about it in the Russian media? Nothing. Not true. Right. That's not true. We don't do that. Okay. What if it came out in Pravda and it quoted the head of the operation in Russia and it said, absolutely, we have been targeting their critical infrastructure for years now. We have them on the ropes. And you know who told us all of this? Canada. Canada has been working with us to make sure the Niagara Falls power plant is the first to fall. What would we do? We are headed for World War III. Let me give you a couple of stories that show that this is wanted by too many people. This is from the Financial Times this weekend. Jan Stoltenberg said that there was no doubt that Ukraine would join NATO as Western leaders gathered in Kiev to pledge support and mark the second anniversary of Russia's full-scale invasion. The NATO chief said on Saturday that Russia President Vladimir Putin started this war because he wanted to close NATO's door, but he has achieved the exact opposite. Ukraine is now closer to NATO than ever before. Huh. He said NATO was helping Kyiv to make its forces more and more in, uh, interoperable. Ukraine will join NATO. It is not a question of if, but of when, he insisted. Okay, so let me see. On the same weekend, we have NATO. What Putin said was the real problem. They were going to expand NATO to places like Ukraine. Yes, we're going to do that. We're going to do that now. And also, that's the same weekend that the New York Times reports their secret underground bunkers run by the CIA. Okay. Great. Now, if again, this was about Canada and, uh, and Russia said they're expanding their presence and they're going to put military in Canada on our border... And they admitted to, you know, uh, doing secret operations with Canada to be able to destroy us. What would we do? Uh, Mr. Orban came out, Viktor Orban of Hungary. He declared an end to the months-long spat with Sweden over the expansion of NATO, saying that a visit by his Swedish counterparts had rebuilt trust and paved the way for Hungarian parliament to vote on Monday, that's yesterday, to ratify the Nordic nation's membership in NATO. We're ready to fight for each other, to give our lives for one another, he said. Really? The sudden warming of relations between the two countries followed a decision by Sweden 
to provide Hungary with four Swedish-made Gripen fighter jets, in addition to the 14 its Air Force already uses, and a promise that Saab, the maker of the warplanes, will open an artificial intelligence research center in Hungary. Okay, so that's, um, that's good. That's good. Why are we headed toward war? Why? By the way, uh, Sweden or Hungary did approve that in Sweden. That uh, mm. what you mentioned, uh, one eighty-eight to uh, six. Yeah, I believe Hungary was the one saying, "Let's not piss off the bear." Why would we be talking about expanding NATO? I think I believe I've heard Orban say those very things. Why would we do that? Four jets? Really? That's all it took was four jets? I don't think so. I don't think so. There is a game being played here that uh, I really don't like. And our country is becoming a little crazy. Let me give you this story. The Iranian-backed Hamas terrorist group praised a far-left extremist who lit himself on fire outside of the Israeli embassy in Washington, D.C. on Sunday and used his death to promote Islamic terrorist propaganda. Aaron Bushnell, a low-level software engineer with the U.S. Air Force, screamed free Palestine as flames engulfed his body after he um, doused himself with a flammable liquid and then lit himself on fire. He later died from injuries. Bushnell repeated terrorist propaganda in the moments leading up to the incident, falsely claiming that um, what was happening inside Gaza was genocide and calling Israel colonizers. Now that sounds like a far-left radical, doesn't it? Oh, I forgot. We're not looking for hard-left radicals in the military. Only those Christian nationalists and those who want to have insurrection in the United States. Now, here's why this is so bad. Let me, <clears throat> let me take you first to what Cornell West tweeted. Let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of Brother Aaron Bushnell, who died for truth and justice. I pray for his precious loved ones. Let us rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with the Palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time. I want you to mark this place in time right now. This truly is a mile marker. This makes Aaron into some kind of suicide bomber when, you know, they'll be rewarded in heaven. We are not a culture that rewards suicide or suicide uh, um, acts, suicidal acts, especially for politics. <clears throat> Instead of one of the 50,000 plus Americans who committed suicide in the last year, Instead of mourning another lost life, uh, uh, lost to mental illness, we're confusing suicide with martyrdom. Those who kill themselves for ideology should not be praised. 
But that's exactly what Hamas said. That's exactly what Cornell West said. Praising ideology over human life. That's not a Rubicon we care to cross. But we're crossing it right now. More in just a second. Stand by. First, uh, I want to tell you about Relief Factor. William wrote in to talk about his experience with Relief Factor. He says, I just can't believe I'm not hurting anymore. I used Relief Factor. I've been in pain for 40 years, but today I'm pain-free. I tell all of my friends about it. Relief Factor is great. I just wanted to say thank you. William, thank you. Thanks for listening and, and giving Relief Factor a chance. Relief Factor is a daily supplement that helps your body fight pain by, in, uh, by fighting inflammation. It is not something that you take when you're in pain. You take it every day, and it helps your body just ward it all off. Over a million people have tried Relief Factor's Quick Start Kit. 70% of them go on to order it again and again. See how Relief Factor can help you with their three-week quick start. It's $19.95. Three-week quick start. Try it. So... Give it a try today. All you have to do is go to 800-4-RELIEF. 1-800-4-RELIEF. When you feel the difference, you'll know it works. It's relieffactor.com. 10 seconds, station ID. I just want to dwell here for a minute on this suicide and the praise when you saw somebody set themselves on fire in Washington DC and he was a US Air Forceman what was the first thing that went through your minds to first thing uh, he's insane that yep that was the first, first thing that went through my mind what insanity what insanity it's not gonna change anything and you have to be insane to light yourself on fire. Okay, what was the second thing that came to mind? Uh, the Arab Spring. <laughs> really, the Arab Spring. Yeah. That was the, the guy second. who was in the cart. Yeah, he yeah. set himself on fire. And, and how this setting mm -hmm. yourself on fire has some history to start uh, movements. Revolutions. And, and revolutions, uh -huh. yes. Uh, so uh, a history to start revolutions and are those revolutions from the right or those revolutions from the left? Uh, typically the left. And the, and the guy who said he had a, he had a food cart um, in Tunisia and he set himself on fire, which kicked off the Arab Spring. Did the media and all of the people that were somebodies praise him or say that he was a bad guy? They praised him. They praised him. So now let's see. Seems like we have, if we have a box of, uh, of things to do, just a whole checklist, seems like we've checked off the Arab Spring. Okay? We are now praising this. Think of MAID up in uh, Canada. MAID is medical assistance in dying. This is ideology prized over life. They are now allowing people who are handicapped, have mental disorders, um, to be killed. What, what, I mean, have we forgotten what happened the last time that this was done? 
Think about the DAs releasing criminals back onto the streets. We know this is not working. We knew that we knew this was some of us knew this was bad when they said we're going to reimagine policing. But it again is ideology more important than life. The border keeping it open. That ideology is more important than human life. Keeping the border open because of fentanyl more important than human life. We are becoming a culture of death. And this suicide and the praise from notable people in America that this is heroic is a very big signpost we just passed. Ideology over life. Suicide is not heroic. And even in an ideological culture of death, it cannot smooth over the real human pain of losing someone. This is exactly what they do in the Middle East. They praise the suicide bombers. They praise the people who will commit suicide on behalf of their ideology. You'll notice that the media is covering for this. And no one is talking about investigating to see how this Air Force guy was in the Air Force and no one caught this. My guess is no one's looking for that kind of extremist. I I just, I, last thing to say on this, Deuteronomy, I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have placed before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. So choose life in order that you may live, you and your descendants. We are in a culture of death that has been a wannabe suicide cult, and there are people endorsing this suicide today. If you and your descendants care to live, then you must choose life over ideology. Glenn Beck. I want to talk to you about Jace Medical. Drug shortages hit a new record high last year. Right now, there are still hundreds of vital medications that aren't available. They should be. It's America. That's including something as basic as and life-saving as amoxicillin. Medication shortages um, are going to happen. You can't introduce 10 million people into your country and give them access to the health care system when the health care was built for um, a country that was 10 million smaller in population. When you have the things of unrest all around the world and we get all of our medicine from someplace else in the world, it's going to happen. Take this problem head on and into your own hands with the Jace case by Jace Medical. It's a pack of different antibiotics that you can use to treat a host of bacterial illnesses uh, in an emergency. And you can have all of the medicine that you have to take for your family, a year's supply in your home. Get the Jace case and so much more at jacemedical.com. Promo code BECK. And head over to blazetv.com slash Glenn. Use the promo code Glenn. You'll get 20 bucks off your subscription to Blaze TV.
You'll have to excuse me as my voice. I have the worst vocal cords in the world. Um, they're very, they're very sensitive. So as I lose my voice again, uh, please put up with it for as long as you can. I appreciate it. Uh, although I, you know, Jason uh, Buttrill is uh, with us, and he pointed out that it sounds very sexy, which I was uncomfortable with, Straight quite up. honestly. Yeah. But I, yeah, sounds. Oh yeah, <laughs> ding dong. Pizza delivery. That's right. Oh, yeah. Hi. I'm from the Georgia District Attorney's Office. To see me. Want to leave my phone at your house for a while. <laughs> anyway, okay. So Jason is here to talk a little bit about uh, what's happening with um, this this march to war. Um, does this bother you, Jason? Doesn't this seem like, A, antagonizing uh, Putin and Russia between the what they're doing with NATO and this week and what they're also uh, reporting in the New York Times. I, I, I mean, I can't think of any helpful reason to the U.S. for these things to be going on. Can you? I mean, to we've seen a lot of. Uh concerning things or escalations happening over the <laughs> over the well, I guess over the past four years but I mean the yeah. last few days has been wild when you look at everything all together um, when you have the uh, you know the head of NATO basically saying um, yeah they're, they're going to be in Ukraine's going to be in NATO it's it's not a question of if you know but when uh, excuse me? It's crazy. Y- you just right there to everyone. You just said, yeah, everything that, mm-hmm. you know, we've been denying to Putin, you know, for the past, you know, and saying, that, you know, this is why your premise for invasion for of Ukraine was wrong. Well, OK, so maybe you were right. You, you just justified it to him and to all the people that support Putin. You said, yeah, OK, he was right. Um, you have and again, this is all happening within a matter of like 72 hours. Then you have the president of France. Saying, uh, yeah, there's so he'd a send in military high possibility that, yeah, NATO troops will be going into Ukraine. I, I, I'm sorry. And the people of Ukraine shouted out and said, oh, dear God, no, that will guarantee our loss. Don't send French. I, I you look at that and then you look. <laughs> well, that's a good point. Took you a while. That, 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 yeah, that took, yeah. yeah, but that's a good point. Um, but you yeah. also have, you know, the spy chief over in uh, Ukraine saying, uh, yeah, well, um, you know, they. they Putin probably didn't kill Navalny, you know, in the prison. It was it was it was a blood clot. That one I can't understand. Why? Why? How does that help? This is this. That was actually a thing that started crystallizing everything for me. Um, You have a new United States, you know, leadership potentially coming in, you know, within the next few months. Um, You have a Republican Party in the United States that's not too keen on continually funding this forever war. Uh, there's a little bit of doubt as far as how far this is going to go. And for me, this is the rest of the world saying when, you know, whether it's NATO, whether it's Macron, whether it's now the Ukrainian spy chief, look, this is just the way it is. This is war. Um, we're not calling it World War Three at the moment, but the battle lines have been drawn. We don't need propaganda at this point. I mean, this is, this is just happening. This is the new reality that we face right now. We are at war with Russia. More people are probably going to be at war with Russia. And these are, this is this side against this side. Live with it. There is no defunding this at this point. This is the reality. So deal with it. Imagine that, that is a frightening future to contemplate how this plays out if that is just the new normal now. Where does it stop? So 
let me ask you that when you when you look at this um to me it all seems antagonistic you know it see it seems like we can't necessarily get the funding uh from the united states united states people the united states are not willing to do it so let's just keep poking putin until he responds and says screw you people is is that too infantile of a of reasoning no, I don't think so. They see, when I say they, I mean like the foreign policy elite. And let me preface this by saying I blame a lot of the old guard that were so successful during the Cold War for where we are now. Because we are still following that same playbook. Uh, you know, think about like... Yep. Think about like talking heads like or, or intellectuals like Zbigniew Brzezinski, which I'll never be able to pronounce that name, but I think that's close. Um, <laughs> he wrote a book right after the end of the Cold War, and I cannot remember the name of it at the moment. But he basically said, it's great. You know, the Soviet Union fell. Now NATO, and I, you expect him to say would needs to redirect or, you know, like focus on, you know, the world needs to focus on other things. No, he says the NATO now needs to push ahead, needs to push forward. And he labels all these different countries that NATO now needs to add under its wing. And I remember reading this in college and I'm like, wait, well, why? Uh, you, you won the war and the stated purpose of NATO mm-hmm. now does not exist. And the Russians said from the get-go, like, these are the things that will destroy this relationship. You continue to expand eastward. You do this. You do that. We did all of those things. We are still doing all of those things. And we promised not to do many of them, right? I mean, we directly promised oh, to the, the Russians that we would not do some of these things. Again, I am not justifying what Russia has done here, but, like, there is a a a. a, a, a a connection, right? A chain of events that has caused this, uh, and has been has, has at least inflamed this to the point where this sort of action was in their minds. You know, it's so ridiculous to me. Is we, that you have to justify what you just said with "I'm not well, condoning" because I, that is obvious. Yeah. It is obvious you're not. But to say that a few Thank months you. ago was like, "Oh my gosh, right. Stu loves Putin." Right, right, right. What's the move to Russia? <laughs> right, right. Acknowledging that other nations have. You know, interests. Interests, right. And you you should not cross these lines because that's against their interests. That's a common thing. That's so, diplomacy. Th- but there's also a promise that we made. We took the nuclear missiles. We got rid of them in Ukraine. Yeah. Um, and we did that by because Ukraine said, we are on the border with these crazy people. We need our protection. And we said, without any real written agreement, don't worry. You give those things up. And we'll have your back if it ever happens. So you're caught between these two things. If you want to be people of honor, um, I think we should be people of honor. But that includes common sense. Um, You know, we shouldn't have been fooling around with NATO in the first place with Ukraine. That's what caused this. I believe that. Yeah, uh, and we're still <laughs> we're still fooling around. I mean, it, it goes beyond Ukraine. I mean, we're I mean, again within that last that seventy two hour period, which was just nuts. Sweden uh, jumps on board, finally clears the hurdle with Hungary, which that also did not make sense. That was another thing that kind of made a lot of this stuff kind of like was really eye opening this week. Um, Hungary finally said, okay, fine. You know, Sweden. You know, Turkey is finally saying, fine. Uh, let's go ahead and have Sweden join this alliance. The, the, there is clearly a mindset now in Eastern Europe that we have gone beyond this point of no return. 
the the things that we were fighting for before that we said okay these are going to these are going to like you know make Russia back down this is going to be something that's kind of a diplomat they, right. they've just thrown that out like they, they don't care at this point there is now like there there are enemies uh there are you know this Russia China Iran blo- Iranian bloc whoever else they can you know pull under their wing and then there's the west under this NATO you know alliance uh they're moving forward with that they you know are not even making the attempt to look like we're going to scale back, de-escalate. Not even making the attempt. I, I really don't think at, at this point, if we get a new administration in, um, you know, you know, next year, will anything change? I, okay, I, I don't I see need it. about a, and I need about a one minute answer from uh, on you from both of these because we're running out of time. I read a story today that uh, Israel has taken off the gloves against the um, Iranian uh, Revolutionary Guard, and they're pummeling and uh, pummeling them in Syria. And um, Israel is saying, "We're we're taking this. We are not concerned about a widening war. We are concerned with eliminating our enemy before they eliminate us." At the same time, Biden says. He hopes for a Gaza ceasefire by next week. He says it's close, but we're not done yet. Which one is true? <laughs> um, well, I, I think that the Biden administration knows what uh, what Israel has to do here. Um, they're going to do everything in their power to uh, you know to make it appear to that radical wing here in the United States that um, they're for de-escalation. No one sees de-escalation uh, in, in the Gaza okay. Strip, Israel and Iran. No one sees that. All right, so let me take you one last place that I love your your thoughts on. We have this this guy who is insane. Um, he is with the Air Force. He goes out in front of the Israeli embassy over the weekend. He sets himself on fire and becomes a what a, a Islamic martyr, maybe. Yeah. Um, Cornell West comes out and says, let us never forget the extraordinary courage and commitment of brother Aaron Bushnell, who died for truth and justice. I pray for his precious loved ones. Let us rededicate ourselves to genuine solidarity with Palestinians undergoing genocidal attacks in real time. So we have people of note. Cornell West is not a nobody. People of note actually praising a suicide a uh, guy for ideology over over life, and he was in the Air Force. How, how did this guy go undetected? I mean, it doesn't surprise me at all in this day and age in this military. This is the military that stood the entire force down to find all those crazy white extre- you know, extremists. I mean, the focus clearly is not on defense of the country. It's not on, I mean, it's, it, it's, it is ideological, ideological. That that is, I mean, where have you seen ideological ideology being, you know, pushed into militaries? You see it in crazy regimes. Usually, you see it in dictatorships. They use the military as this ideological force, and that is the scary thing about the current, you know, the state of the current, you know, uh, armed forces of the United States. They are being used as an ideological tool. People like Cornell West, that doesn't surprise me at all that he would say something like that, because to them, ideology always trumps humanity. Always. And using people as tools, no issue whatsoever with that. None. Would this guy have been spotted most likely 
before because you don't go from hey bill see you monday to setting yourself on fire oh absolutely. you just don't yeah people had to know that he was at least ideologically really bent this direction would that have happened when you were in the service Oh, that person would have been found immediately. Do you remember that one story of that what that was a uh, officer g- uh, graduate where he had like a, a p- picture of Che like underneath his hat, and he showed that he yeah. was outed by his people immediately, immediately. Now, if you're willing to set yourself on fire for a terrorist ideology, you know people saw that. But if I'm the commander now, how do you even stand up to that? What do you even say? You know, it's going straight to Lloyd Austin's office. What's he gonna say? He's the one that stood your military down. I'm not saying anything. Jeez. Jason, as always, you didn't improve my mood much, but uh, <laughs> I appreciate sharing all of the information. You Thank bet. you. It's going to be interesting to see how all this works out, won't it, Stu? Um, back in a second, let me tell you about Mantis X. If you're a gun owner, you know as well as I do that there is nothing quite as satisfying as hitting what you're aiming at. You also know that in order to do that on a regular basis, you have to practice a lot, and that is very expensive. How do you do that without spending a fortune on ammunition? Well, what you need is a way to get good practice in, even if you're using live ammo or not using any ammo. This is a high-tech, easy-to-use system used now widely by the military. I think the Marines started using it first. It helps you improve your shooting really quickly. You just attach this to your firearm, connect it with an app on your smartphone or your tablet with Bluetooth. Then whether you're firing actual rounds or dry firing practice, it'll give you instant feedback on exactly what you're doing right and what you're doing wrong. And 94% of the shooters improve within 20 minutes after using Mantis X. Be responsible as a gun owner and increase your competence and confidence today with Mantis X. Get yours at MantisX.com. That's MantisX.com. Get even more, Glenn. Subscribe to the Glenn Beck Podcast anywhere podcasts are found. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Uh, welcome to the program. This is Ivos of the Morning. Uh, 12 minutes after the hour. Uh, Doris Kearns Goodwin is going to be coming up in just a little bit. Uh, Glenn is uh, dying, apparently. Um, he's He looks actually worse than Don Imus, who's been dead for several years. Um, and that has nothing to do with his actual ailment currently, which is his voice is shot. So he is uh, stepping away from the microphone here. And he's... Uh, he... he I guess we'll be back tomorrow. He's been struggling with us for a few days now. Uh, he's I, I've been hooked up to tubes, and I, I don't know what else he's been doing around the studios. <laughs> he's <laughs> I don't know what he, he really is a mess uh, with his health, but he hopefully will be back tomorrow. Um, one of the things we haven't even really touched on is is the Michigan primary, which is today. And I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on it. You know, a while ago, Donald Trump said we would get tired of winning. We'd get bored of all the winning. I don't know if that's exactly happened, but I will say he has made the primary boring. He has ruined the primary season for all of us. And you might say, well, I don't care. I wanted him to win or I'm very angry. I wanted him to lose whatever you think there. 
the drama's all gone. He sucked it all out, and it's just, it's not even interesting anymore to talk about. The Michigan situation is going on, and it's a very bizarre situation in that Michigan changed its laws, and the Republicans have their own rules, and because of this conflict, you now have two separate batches of delegates going out, some of which matter for today, some of which will come through a convention. There seems to be two warring factions among the Republicans for the convention uh, as to who's going to apply those later delegates. But all of this really, uh, you know, awful sort of inside baseball politics and the drama associated with that, it really is meaningless because obviously Trump is going to win and is winning by a large margin. We do have Super Tuesday, of course, coming up as well. But, you know, look, the, there's not really much to watch for in these elections. Nikki Haley going to probably stick in through Super Tuesday. At this point, she's come this far. Why not stick in for another week? I think there's 20 different states over the next week or so that will give you delegates and she can at least try. But really, the drama's gone. It's basically as up in the air as the Biden re-election is up in the air. The Glenn Beck Program.